Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program, game day edition of the show as well as Indiana set to host Northern Kentucky tonight, tip off 7 o'clock in pregame coverage uh, with the great Don Fisher tonight here on the Big X at 6 p.m. Final IU game before Christmas and after tonight's game, one more non-conference game uh, before Big Ten basketball arrives for the rest of the season, which I think is very, very exciting. I'm, I'm happy for the new year to get here, glad to get back in uh, to the Big Ten Conference after the little week-and-a-half two-game preview type uh, deal we saw a few weeks ago. I think the conference is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year, and based on what we've seen from Indiana, I, I think there's hope that they can can do well, that maybe they can beat some of the projections that are out there. I don't think they're going to be a team to win the Big Ten Conference, obviously, but I do think there's some reason uh, to be excited about things headed into the new year in conference play. So Northern Kentucky, the opponent tonight, we'll talk a little bit about this game and get you ready for tip-off later this evening. We'll cover some recruiting stuff today uh, and a lot more coming up here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. We'll have our daily headlines here coming up in just a moment, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll do that here in a moment. And there is some interesting uh, recruiting news to get to today. Some of it we've kind of already discussed, but a couple things to pass along from yesterday. And uh, we'll uh, catch up on IU women's basketball. Unfortunately, their game today has been canceled uh, against Wright State because of COVID. And uh, we'll cover some other things coming up here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will be with us. Uh, we're going to have an extended conversation here to get you ready for the IU Northern Kentucky game. We'll talk some other IU basketball headlines and maybe get into a little football and recruiting and transfer portal stuff as well uh, when Dustin joins us later in the show. And then final segment, uh, we'll just get you ready for the high school basketball season tonight. Josh Cook is out of town uh, this week, so we'll uh, we'll get you ready for some games in the area tonight and this weekend and cover some of the happenings here in recent days in high school hoops as well. So that's what we'll do here in this hour today. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder, the Thornton's text line always open here on the program. You can send in your questions, your comments, uh, specifically today on IU basketball for Dustin. Uh, we get a lot of IU basketball interaction. Love to have it about local sports and other things as well. You can send them in just like a normal text message, 
502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings every day on fuel. So, again, send in your text today. We'd love to hear from you uh, here on this game day edition of the program. Also, uh, high school basketball, no games this week but uh, as far as broadcast games, but you know, keep in mind we've got some big games coming up uh, with a local basketball flavor, uh, especially once we get through the, the new year. We've got New Albany, Jeff, and Floyd Central, Jeffersonville, and some of the other big rival games locally to look forward to once we get into a more normal schedule, you know, conference type schedule as well. I guess you could say uh, for the high school teams here once we get to 2022 as well. Let's take a look at our headlines for today. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news, Northern Kentucky uh, and IU tonight, 7 o'clock. It will be on the the Fox uh, Big Ten Network uh, is the television. It's also streaming on Fox Sports Live. Uh, and uh, Indiana, a 17-point favorite as things stand. And I saw today the Ken Palm projected score for the game, Indiana 79 59 supposed to beat Northern Kentucky tonight. Northern Kentucky coached by Darren Horn. And uh, Darren Horn, obviously the former Western Kentucky coach, uh, was very close with Tom Crean, former IU coach. I've always liked Coach Horn, thought he was a good guy, and glad to see him land on his feet at Northern Kentucky, which has been, uh, since making the transition to Division One a good mid-major program. They have had some NCAA tournament appearances. They've won a lot of conference championships. I think they've won at least a share of uh, the last four Horizon League regular season championships, and I think they've won the tournament a few times as well uh, here in the last few years. So they've been a team that that finds a way to have uh, the ability to dance in March a lot of the past years, and uh, uh, tonight obviously a big challenge ahead of them as they will take on the Indiana Hoosiers to help the Hoosiers get ready for the uh, conference portion, the full conference portion of their schedule beginning after the new year. We'll take a look more at Northern Kentucky coming up here in just a bit. Uh, They are a solid team. They should be good in their conference, but this should be a game Indiana wins, I think, as the line projects by 15 uh, or more points tonight. Also, a couple recruiting notes that I wanted to pass along here on this Wednesday show. We touched on this yesterday at the very end of the program, but 2023 five-star Kwame Evans, I think he also goes by K.J. Evans, uh, he has set an official visit uh, with IU, according to Joe Tipton of On3 Sports Recruiting. Uh, the visit is supposed to take place February 11th through the 13th, but those must not be correct as that's a weekend that Michigan State's on the road. If you remember yesterday, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com, he's down at the tournament where Montverde, which is Jalen hood Shafino and Kwame Evans, they are on the same team and they're loaded with so much other talent as well. Uh, Mike mentioned yesterday that the dates that Kwame gave him for an official visit obviously must be off because that's not a time when it makes sense for a visit Indiana on the road at Michigan State that weekend. So uh, we'll get the dates corrected, I'm sure. Someone will will interview Evans after his game down in Florida. But the good news for IU is this is a number 2 ranked player in the class of 2023 uh, that uh, IU is in with, and obviously it's serious enough here at a somewhat early point that he is uh, working to set or has already set 
an official visit uh, to the IU campus. He's originally from Baltimore. Baltimore. He transferred to Montverde for his junior season. Uh, of course, this is the Florida, I guess you call it an elite high school. It's not a prep school for fifth-year guys, but uh, Jalen hood Shafino is there. There are other guys, some younger players that Indiana has also made contact with. Mike Woodson uh, and uh, Kenya Hunter were down at the uh, the tournament in Florida that Montverde is at right now and had a chance to see not only hood Shafino but also Evans play up close and personal. Yesterday, Mike Pegram said that really – of all the coaches and NBA scouts there, Woodson was the more notable guy, the, the high major, the big-time coach in attendance right at half court, getting a chance to see some of these players. Evans, uh, I mentioned the number two consensus player in the class. He's got a lot of people after him, Kentucky, Texas, USC, Auburn, Maryland, Florida, Georgetown, Illinois, Ohio State, Oregon, Tennessee, and more, and he is expected to cut down his list soon. The fact that he doesn't have – a visit with IU until possibly sometime in February means that maybe IU should or will make the list cut when he does do that. But obviously, this is a very elite player, six foot ten. He has a seven foot two wingspan. He plays, I guess you'd say, more on the wing than he does in the paint. Uh, but he is obviously a very intriguing prospect and uh, interested to see Coach Woodson and staff be in with him. So we'll see how. His recruitment plays out. And speaking of, of guys to watch, here's an in-state guy. We've uh, we've discussed uh, Jalen Harrelson before. Uh, we've had his high school coach from Fishers on. He's a freshman. And, of course, in our state right now, there are two freshmen that have really raised themselves above everyone else, Harrelson from Fishers and Sicily from Heritage Hills. Both of them are having great freshman high school uh, basketball seasons so far. But get ready for this. Uh, Harrelson last night, 43 points as uh, Fishers defeated Fort Wayne Carroll, 82-58. I believe that was a school record, a program record for Fishers, and Harrelson has already got that mark as a freshman. So I've been following him from a distance this season. I've not seen him play or had a chance to stream one of his games, but uh, he is living up to the hype, and obviously Indiana in on him, Purdue in on him as well, number of other Big Ten schools, and I'm sure others that are getting involved with him based on the season that he is having. But a huge night from Harrelson last night for Fishers, and uh, really some exciting young players in our state to watch between Harrelson uh, and Sisley. There are some good sophomores as well, but specifically uh, those two freshmen have had outstanding seasons so far this year. Uh, for in, in high school basketball in our state. Also, COVID has uh, forced a cancellation of last night's IU women's basketball game. The Hoosiers were set to host Wright State. Uh, that game was canceled because of some COVID positives within the White, Wright State women's program. So I don't think any of us are surprised that it hits close to home. It doesn't sound like at this time, the IU women are having any issue with COVID, but it's just a reminder that there seems to be an uptick. There seems to be more games in college hoops and even professional sports, specifically the NBA, where things are um, not in a good situation and some games have had to be affected. And so you hope that that's not a headline next week or in the new year that reads the IU women are forced to cancel because of positives. Or, of course, the IU men are forced to cancel because 
of COVID positives. That's what you don't want to see because that can sideline your team uh, for you know a decent period of time. And obviously when you don't practice and you lose those daily repetitions and everything else, it takes a while to get back into that shape and that level that you were on before the virus uh, strikes your team. And that's what's happening with a number of teams right now. In fact, I saw a story from Gary Parrish, a national college basketball analyst yesterday that DePaul, who's having a great year, remember they had a win over UofL at home at the Yum Center not, what, a week or so ago before their shutdown. Uh, DePaul 9-1 and overall, but if you pull up the Big East standings, the DePaul team is 0-2 so far in the standings, and that's because they had uh, they they lost a uh, you know how how are you nine and one overall, but you've lost two conference games. Well, one of their two losses in conference play was a forfeit based on uh, Big East policy, which is the same in the Big Ten and many other high major conferences. I think most conferences have adopted if you have to cancel a game, a conference game because of COVID, uh, it is registered in your record in the conference in the win percentage in the standings uh, as a loss, and so that's unfortunate for DePaul, who's having a great, great start to the season uh, to have an extra loss or really a loss they didn't cause uh, in the standings for their team. But that's just kind of the way the world is still. I think at times we think we're making it through COVID-19 as far as its effect on sports, whether it's local or college or professional sports. And then other times, like here the last few days, we remember uh, that uh, there are still some issues to overcome this season uh, for IU and for many teams that are trying to play a normal or as close to normal as schedule as possible. And again, you know, getting ready for the holidays, whether it's before or after the holidays, one of the big traditions in this area uh, is the U of L UK men's basketball game. It was supposed to be tonight. And of course, we know what happened there. U of L unable to play. Kentucky had to find another opponent and uh, probably a pretty good connection there. Kentucky and Western Kentucky are going to play, I think, for the first time in 10 years or so, and it's kind of a, a set up to be a benefit game in many uh, sorts for uh, all the horrific tornado uh, victims in western Kentucky. So uh, obviously uh, something maybe good has come out of a cancellation, but again, the UofL-UK game canceled uh, because of COVID-19. That tells you for sure this stuff is still around and still uh, in our area as well. That's a look at the headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Some high school basketball action in the area tonight as well. In fact, a number of games, Silver Creek, they open play uh, right now at the Jefferson County Invitational Tournament being played up at Madison. They've got a good Southwestern team who's 5-1 and one headed into the game today. Also, later tonight, you've got uh, Scottsburg. They take on Jay County. That's for that same tournament. Jeffersonville lost last night. Will Lovings-Watts made his return, and the Devils advance on, despite the loss, to play Louisville-Wagner in the Max Child Care Tournament over in Louisville-Tell City. At New Albany tonight, we'll tell you a little bit more about some of those games coming up here in just a bit. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is next. We'll talk IU basketball and get you ready for the Northern Kentucky game coming up tonight at 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, 
back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. And we're going to talk all about IU and Northern Kentucky tonight, some other IU basketball stuff as well. But, Dustin, before we get there, kind of a, a continuance of my conversation from the first segment about the IU women's game being canceled last night because of Wright State having some positive COVID uh, issues. And, again, college hoops in general uh, having some issues right now. Someone sent me a text over the break uh, from Matt Norlander, who covers uh, college hoops on the national scene, as of 11:20 a.m. on Wednesday, he writes, "52 Division One men's basketball schools this season have had to temporarily stop playing because of COVID, with more than 40 of those currently on pause." And so, I'll start our conversation today on the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texter wrote in over break, "Will we complete complete the current college basketball season?" with fans in the stands, or at some point, do you think it'll be like last year with no fans around because of COVID? I mean, I think, you know, obviously it's a question for an epidemiologist, but um, I, I, I mean, bottom line, my, my first thought is yes, based on what you're seeing so far. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm reading the same, you know, stories everybody else is. Uh, it, it seems like Omicron moves faster and infects quicker and infects more people and it is, more uh, is more effective at breakthrough cases, but doesn't uh, cause as severe a reaction. Um, obviously, some people it, it, it you know um, it has already killed some people. It will probably kill more. Um, it will certainly kill more. Um, but I don't think that it's going to be a situation where it's going to create uh, that, that it's going to be as deadly as it is um, as it is going to as it is infectious basically. Um, so I, especially with the prevalence now of, you know, a lot of people have gotten their vaccinations, a lot of people get gotten boosted and I know no one wants to talk about this stuff, but yes, you guys all should, I'm sorry. Um, but bottom line, you know, because a lot of people have protection and it's going to be less, um, I think because that will serve as a justification to keep playing and keep fans in the stand. Uh, bottom line, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you started to see, um, you know, vaccination mandates when it comes to allowing people in the building for games, you know, wh- whether it's a negative test or it's a, uh, you know, vaccination card, uh, people might be asking something like that. I could see that. I don't think, again, just because, um, you know, of, of the high percentage of people that are vaccinated and, and you know, the increasing, you know, uh, percentage of people that are boosted, I don't think that they're going to uh, stop the show, uh, basically, because obviously just so much money was lost from, you know, when playing a season with no fans, you know, obviously playing a season with no NCAA tournament the year before that, uh, I think there's too much money on the line for them to take fans out. I, same thing as far as stopping the games, I think, especially because, you know, most of the players at this point are vaccinated and for them, it's mostly, you know, basically ends up being about a five to six day sickness, uh, you know, like a cold or a flu. So I doubt that they would cancel the season with, with that being on the line. Um, but, you know, we, we, again, with, with those kinds of, uh, you know, safety measures there, but I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be wanting to bring unvaccinated people into uh, stadiums. I think that's something that they'll probably look at, especially if this moves as quickly as we'll fix it to move. I mean, the one piece is, is because it's moving so fast, there's a chance that this whole wave moves through the, through all of the sports within a couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't think that's out of the question, considering how fast this seems to be infecting people. At some point, it's going to run through the whole thing, and you're going to have a sort of a stoppage period, maybe. Um, but I don't think it's a, a situation that's going to end the season, just because, again, you know, because we're just so much further along 
uh, with this from a vaccination standpoint than we were a year ago. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I do think we're in for uh, some interesting times trying to get sports in and keep it as normal or as close to schedule as possible with some of this stuff moving through the country. But it is going to be interesting to see if it affects Indiana, the Big Ten, and uh, just how this goes over everywhere. Lots to think about, lots to kind of getting back in the sports picture uh, from a COVID-19 perspective, unfortunately. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, let's dive into the IU Northern Kentucky game tonight. Obviously, this isn't uh, a big non-conference matchup. It's a game Indiana should win, should win handily. They are a 17-point favorite I saw earlier this morning in the uh, Vegas betting line. But this is a game, and same next week as well, where Indiana needs to get the opportunity or will get the opportunity uh, to, to clean some things up and to get ready for the upcoming Big Ten season uh, coming off of a big win against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and and the one thing Northern Kentucky does really well and, and that Darren Horn's teams have done uh, historically is they can turn you over, um, and that's obviously the biggest problem, the, the most glaring issue Indiana still has heading into the tournament. Um, so it's it, it you know, and, and they've had they've obviously played other teams that can as well, but um, that's another sort of test in that regard of of you know let's be smarter about moving the basketball and, and not throwing it into passing lanes where people want to pick us off and 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 not folding when it comes to traps. Northern Kentucky likes to trap a lot. Uh, you know, they like to bring some full court pressure, like to bring some full court traps. Uh, and so they, they create uh, turnovers on 21.2% of opponents' possessions. Um, so would not be surprised. You know, that, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to try to push. Um, so that's important for Indiana is, is just be able to, you know, see that and make smarter decisions against it. I, mean, I think Indiana knows, Mike Woodson knows basically the, the style of play he wants to play. He wants these guys to play free. Um, and, um, you know, just does, does not want them to be slow and robotic and boring. So there, there are going to be a certain amount of turnovers when you play that way. If, if, if you play with a little bit of pace, if you, you know, if you play a little bit free um, and give your players some freedom, that's going to come with some turnovers. But I think he'd like to see that number still come down uh, some. So I think this is kind of a, an area to work on that where you're going to face some real resistance in that regard. Um, I don't think that they have ch- much a chance of losing this game, but they can, you know, North, Northern Kentucky can be a pain in the butt. So I think that's, that's an important piece for them is just to get that a little bit more tightened up uh, when you head as you're heading into conference play. When that's going to be really important, especially when you get into Big Ten play, possessions are really important. You know, you're obviously not going to see as many defenses that play this way the way Northern Kentucky is going to, but it's just putting your guys under stress. Uh, so they're making stress decisions. So they're making decisions when they're tired and, and having to realize what was a smart decision, what was not. Seeing that on film, okay, think about more be, be smarter about what the passes that you're trying to throw here basically especially because i think there's just been a lot of those where they just haven't um they've either been lazy or they just haven't they they've just forced it or, or something like that has made bad decisions when it comes to uh you know passes under pressure dustin it seems to me everything i've read the pre preview stories about this northern kentucky team you mentioned they like to trap they like to t- try to turn you over which will be interesting to see how IU handles that but it also appears they lack um, a shot blocker, um, a real gr- great interior defense. And if you look at teams uh, shooting their two-point field goal percentage over 54% against Northern Kentucky. So you've got to believe this could be a game specifically where Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, and who knows, maybe we'll see Mr. Durr get in a little bit. I know there's some mystique still about him and what his role could be in the future, but maybe those guys could have an opportunity really just to dominate early and often tonight. That seems to be the real hole in what Northern Kentucky will bring to Assembly Hall tonight. 
Yeah, from a defensive perspective, it is. I mean, there's just not a lot of size on that team. There's size on the team, but nobody's playing. They've got like three guys that are six ten or taller, but none of them play. Um, which you know, at that level, a lot of times when you have a guy that's seven feet. Um, you know, you're hoping that he can walk and chew gum at the same time. I mean, it's just getting those guys. Uh, if you can get a guy like that at that level, it's probably going to take a lot of development for him to get to the point that he can play. Because if everybody else passed on him, you know, that that means there's probably some coordination issues that that guy's got to work through. Now, every once in a while, that guy becomes an all-league player. Um, but I think they've got three guys that are six ten or taller, and I don't think any of them play barely any minutes at all. So basically, everybody they do play is six nine or shorter. I think David Baum is the, is the tallest guy, and he's about two twenty. So so there's going to be a major uh, size issue there. I mean, they, they don't um, they don't block a lot of shots. They give up a lot of twos, and they don't score a lot of twos. I mean, they're only 42.1 percent from two point range themselves, um, and I think they're I think. It's, at 43.1% of their attempts are from three. So they're going to shoot a lot of threes, too. On the offensive end, you're not going to see them try to work the ball inside very much. And on, on the defensive end, you're not going to see it. It's not going to be very easy for them to keep the ball out of the paint. So basically, when if Indiana breaks, the, it's going to be one of those deals where if Indiana breaks the traps, if they break the press, then they're going to have an easy kind of clean opportunity to score around the rim. Uh, and, and I think they've proven in the past they can do that. Uh, again, with Thompson, with Jackson Davis, obviously not only can they um, – basically just push you back in the paint with their back back to the basket they can run the floor really well basically so if if, if those guys if, if they're breaking traps with the guards uh they're not going to have a problem you know those guys are going to beat everybody down the floor and get some easy easy layups that way so you're you're going to see a lot of points in the paint for indiana tonight at least you should all right you know one thing thinking about tonight's game and and maybe what to expect or what you're going to watch from an iu perspective getting ready for big 10 games i didn't have this on my list but I, I am curious. The texter writes in on the Thornton's text line. I'm curious to see in tonight's game if the fans will give a little extra applause and love for Xavier after hearing Coach Woodson's disappointment in the fans. And of course, the texter is talking about booing Xavier at the uh, Crossroads game against Notre Dame. That wasn't uh, on my list before this interview, but uh, you know, Coach Woodson obviously is beloved right now by fans and has a great way, I think, of handling and talking about things that. Uh, sometimes maybe are difficult subjects, and I thought he handled that very well. I, I I was watching on TV Saturday, so I guess I didn't pick it up as much as maybe you did being at the game, but I agree with what he had to say in his coach's shows, uh, show Monday about fans booing players and what Hoosier Nation, as he said, has always been. And uh, so that, that will be interesting tonight to see if uh, Xavier gets a little extra love here around the holidays from the IU faithful after Coach Woodson's comments. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, my thing too with it is, is been from the beginning, like, this is who they recruited, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and, and this was obviously a project that they decided that Indiana decided to take on. I mean, Xavier was going to make mistakes. And, 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 and ultimately, I mean, I don't think any, you know, Indiana's had players like him in the past. Obviously, that's not uh, what you think of as an IU player in, in the sort of grand historiography of, of Indiana basketball. But, I mean, they just had Devontae Green. And, and, and sometimes you just have guys like that, and I just don't think – I mean, first off, I find them entertaining, guys, the guys who play with a little bit too much – fire and sometimes make mistakes um and and that's sometimes one of the fun parts of college basketball is guys like that you know yeah xavier johnson forces the issue sometimes but you know like sometimes you need that i mean they have needed that they haven't had you know uh, uh, maybe maybe enough guys who force the issue and sometimes it gets to be too much and obviously you remember from you know Devonte was a different kind of player and sometimes it would be too obvious that Devonte was going to take a step back fall away three but 
you know, all, all the same. I mean, he, he, he gave that team as much firepower as anybody else in that roster. And Xavier Johnson is really important to what Indiana does, his ability to break down defenses with the dribble. Um, it's one of the most important things they have. And, yeah, so every once in a while he's going to, you know, hit a couple threes and thinks that he's going to hit a couple more. He's a really confident guy. Uh, he's going to try that. So I was, I was really surprised. I didn't even, I didn't even really notice it until after, uh, you know, a lot of people mentioned it, that, that he was booed that extensively. But, um, you know, but ultimately that's the guy that Mike Woodson recruited. And he is, he is working on making him more disciplined, making him better, and making sure that he's a better player than he was at Pitt. Um, but he was obviously willing to gamble a little bit. So, yeah, I don't think Indiana fans should be booing uh, Xavier Johnson for that. I mean, I, I'm not saying I – don't, I don't think Indiana – I don't think fans should generally boo every once in a while it's earned. Um, and I get that. Um, and, and it is what it is. You're not going to keep everybody's emotions you know, within them. Um, but, you know, ultimately, Indiana is better because it picked up Xavier Johnson. Indiana is a better team because it has him on the roster, because it has a guy that can, that can create that way. Uh, he's going to make mistakes sometimes. That's how he plays. He plays with a lot of energy. He plays with a lot of passion. Um, you know, he, he he plays with a lot of momentum, frankly. So there, there's going to be mistakes, and, and, and he's going to force the issue sometimes. He's got a lot of faith in himself, and, you know, sometimes he's going to miss. So I, I you know, basically... I think if you're, you know, again, and, and as Mike Woodson said, I'm I'm going to get on him. That's that's what I signed up for. I took this player that's, a, you know, uh, a bit of a wild horse, and I'm going to try to tame him a little bit. And you know, but don't boom while I'm doing it. Don't mess with my project. Uh, and I thought that was a, a totally fair thing to say. And I think Indiana fans should heed that. Yes, this is a guy who's going to buck a little bit. He is going to be a little bit more uh, forceful and tough to contain. And that's part of what makes him good. You you you've got to sort of get him a little bit within the parameters of what you want, but you know, he is better because he has that ability uh, to create that ability to get downhill, that, that ability to do and try some things that a lot of other players on the roster can't do. Talking with Dustin Dopirak, he's with the Bloomington Herald times and getting ready for IU Northern Kentucky tonight at seven o'clock. Obviously uh, Dustin, these games tonight, next Wednesday, they are prep games for, Big Ten Conference play, and I think based on what we saw, it was like a week and a half period a few weeks back where every team got two early conference games. Indiana obviously had one win and then one game that got away from them, to say the least, at Wisconsin. I think based on what I saw in some of those early matchups, the Big Ten, as we expect, is going to be very intriguing. It has a chance to be very good once again this season. As you look ahead to Big Ten matchups, I think Indiana opens with Penn State uh, once we get to the new year. There are some other very interesting games really right out of the gate. Where do you see the Big Ten now that we've had a chance to watch the Purdue's, the Michigan's, others in big non-conference games, and even a small little window of conference play a few weeks ago? Where do you see the Big Ten headed into the full schedule coming up here in a week and a half or so? Yeah, it's really fun that it's wide open. Uh, I, I think obviously the um, I, I still, despite that you know loss at Rutgers and whatever, uh, I still still think Purdue is sort of head head and shoulders above everybody else, and I think it's a bigger gap than I expected it to be. Um, there are the teams that are closest to them are different than I thought. I I am surprised at Michigan uh, that, that Michigan has been as. Uh, Vulnerable, I guess. There's another word I'm looking for, but uh, you know, I, I am really surprised to see some of the losses that you see on on, Minis- on, on Michigan's record, and that they just they just haven't looked very good. Uh, I have not been impressed with them. But Michigan State is is better than I thought. Ohio State, I think, is at least a little bit better than I thought. Uh, there are some other teams out there. You know, certainly Minnesota, I think, is better than I thought. That's going to be a tougher game than I would have expected. Um, and you know, Il- Illinois is steady. I think you knew those those guys were going to be pretty good, and and they're about what I expected. Uh, Wisconsin. Is probably in better shape. Obviously, Indiana's already had that one. 
Um, but I think that that range from about two to about six or seven uh, is really close together um, from a talent standpoint. So whoever is going to be a piece of that, I expect Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, all to be part of that. Maybe Michigan gets back into it as the season goes along. Um, but I think that group is going to be really tight. But I, I don't think um, I, I think Purdue looks like the only top three seed to me. Um, but I, I think you can see a lot of Big Ten teams from that, uh, maybe the lower half of the three range to about the four or five, six range um, is, is where I think a, a lot of those teams will end up. But it's, it's a little bit less top-heavy than I thought it would be, but it does, I think, have one real national contender in Purdue. If you had to update your uh, preseason projection for IU in the Big Ten Conference, would you have them where you thought they would be and where was that? Would you have them maybe a notch above that now that you've seen IU and the other teams in action or below that? Where, where would you put Indiana right now in the Big Ten? I want to say because I don't think I I don't think I got to vote in anybody's uh, poll this year, so I was kind of bummed out about that, you know. So somebody get me back on the list next year. Uh, but no, I think I had um, I I think I would have put Indiana somewhere in the seven eight range, and that's about where I'd have them now. Um, I, I still kind of think they're there. I I, I you know. Uh, their inability, not their inability. I mean, I think that they're going to have an opportunity to close on the road. And, and I think, um, you know, uh, Parker Stewart is shooting even better than I thought that I would. And I think that's opened up even more. Um, and that's made a really big difference. Ja- Jackson Davis has been, you know, terrific. I think Ray Thompson has really found a role that is sort of somewhere in between what he did last year and what he, uh, what it, it seemed like a stretch four, what the stretch four position would ask him to do. He's kind of something in between there, but it's really sort of fit his total skill set. Um, so I, I, that, that as, as a group, I think that they are meshing together at least a little bit better than I thought they would. I still think the league is really good. I, so I don't know that I, I see them dominating um, in, in that two to six range. I, I, I certainly don't see them on Purdue's level at all. Um, right now, but I do think they look like a safe tournament team to me. Um, I, they, they feel like a seven to ten seed in the NCAA's. Uh, that's sort of how it looks right now. Now it could change. I think they could be, you know, uh, if a couple guys come along, um, I think they could they could show some more depth. They could be a little bit more a uh, little more more tough to deal with. I just think there's there's a couple holes, and um, that, that that it still seems to me like they 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 look at the maybe the higher end of the middle of the pack for me, but not necessarily in that that top range where they're a top six seed. All right, Dustin, I want to get back to a couple IU things with you before we wrap up our uh, our interview today. Race Thompson, and you wrote about this in uh, one of your preview-type stories about the game tonight. I didn't realize this. Against Merrimack, he was 6-6 uh, six of six from the field. He had 14 points. And then in the last game against Notre Dame on Saturday, he was 4-4 four of four for 11 points. So he's not missed a field goal opportunity in two games, if he makes his first four shots tonight against Northern Kentucky, and we were just talking about how Northern Kentucky really doesn't have the bigs to guard race or TJD, that he would match Jawan Morgan's record of 14 consecutive shots made in a three-game stretch, which was set back in the 2016-17 season. I think that little uh, glimpse of what race has done over the last two games so far uh, really is an opportunity to brag about him and to talk about what he's added to this team. He has been a glue guy. That's a nickname I think he's earned so far this year. Uh, but he's been really good for IU. No, I mean, he's been terrific. And I think you knew that he was going to be really good this year. Uh, I think, obviously, I think it says a lot for Mike Woodson that he said, you know what, I have this vision for an offense. 
um, that I think Indiana needs to implement. I think you've got to be more wide open in the NBA, you know, in, in basketball these days. But this guy is too good, even though necessarily fit that as a stretch four. Uh, he brings too much to your team to let him go. And so you got to find a way to make the, the role work for him. Um, and I think that's what's happened. I mean, so, so he hasn't been that sort of stretch four who's, you know, spending a lot of time on the perimeter and, and, and on the break running out to the corner so that he can get a three down there or something like that. Like, that's not how he's operated. Uh, but he hasn't been really back to the basket either. He's just sort of been a lot of on the move, playing off of Jackson Davis well, and find a way to, to get buckets. And I think that there's a couple things he's done really well. One, it's just movement well enough to get uh, just easy looks around the paint. But he's really, I think one thing that you've really noticed is kind of that one-hand floater. At, from the top of the key, like he, he finds himself in a lot of high-low positions where he can either get the ball down low to Trace Jackson Davis, or he can take the shot himself and hit that from about eight to ten feet, uh, and that's been really reliable for him. I think he's gotten really good at that shot, and I think that's that's really kept things spaced out for those guys. It, it's allowed him to get you know a, a lot of good shots and, and be productive without sort of forcing the idea of being the stretch four. Um, so it, he, he's really worked at it as a really good playmaking. Uh, power forward down there offensively, and you already knew what you were going to get from him uh, defensively and, and, and on the on the glass. He's been really good in both. I think he's better. He keeps getting better. I think at guarding guards when he gets up and ends up on switches. I mean, it's at the point where you can really trust him on a three. Um, if you have to, if you if you feel like he, there's a there's a three out there who, can, who has a little bit of an in, an inside presence, you can get to the rim a little bit. Uh, you can trust him in that matchup um, because he's he he knows what he's doing now when he's out on the perimeter. I uh, thought he was really good against Notre Dame in that. Obviously, Notre Dame tried to run get Indiana in a lot of switches uh, that would be you know advantageous to Notre Dame. They wanted to get bigger guys against guards, um, and Race really I thought did a good job of handling those. Um, so he's just he does so many things well, sets screens well. Uh, he, he is just so important in making the entire thing work. He's such a good leader at this point. Um, you know, basically, I mean, Race really makes the whole thing work. Trace Jackson Davis obviously still the best player. Um, just for, for all that he's capable of, it is just how good he's been down low. But, but Race Thompson has done just so many things well uh, and hasn't, again, on offense, has found a way to uh, create a role that, that makes sure that he's not clogging the paint by dragging his defender in there all the time and, 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 and you know, making it a, a really blocked up paint, um, but finding a way to score anyway without necessarily just forcing them out to the perimeter and trying to take threes that he's not really comfortable, you know, making at a, at a really good clip yet. So uh, really putting together a really complete both sides of the floor rule that, that's been extremely important for Indiana. Dustin, uh, one other question here from the Thornton's text line, and we've talked about this before, but the texter writes, has TJD improved his draft stock from last season? Your thoughts on that? I think yes. I mean, it, it, it's such a moving target. I, I think with a player like Trace, with his build uh, and everything, because you know, again, at, at that level, at, at, at the NBA level, a lot of those guys, I mean, they, they want somebody who's six eight, six nine to be able to shoot from three. And Jackson Davis hasn't necessarily proven that yet. But that doesn't mean you can't be effective still um, and 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 be useful in the NBA level if you can really rebound, if you can really finish at the rim, um, if you can play in space. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have your back to the basket all the time, but if you can sort of play in space, um, if, if you can, you know, do a lot of the stuff off screen and roll and, and uh, you know, get stuff moving to the basket, I mean, uh, y- you can still have a role even if you're not making a ton of threes. So I think Jackson Davis really is proving that he fits at that level. The, the, I think the shot blocking and the passing, 
I think are two really important skills that he's, that he's gotten better at this year. Uh, just been allowed to block shots. I mean, it's not that he'd never blocked before, but I mean, you know, Mike Woodson has given the freedom basically to get off his man when the ball is coming at the rim. And, you know, go after that and get that. And, and so doing that and proving that he can do that reliably uh, and not making it being an overall di- issue for the defense, uh, I, I think is a, a really good sign that, that he can, you know, take to the next level and show, that, hey, this is something that I can do that I can block shots. Uh, that really helps. His block rate is just tremendous right now. But I think he's really better at, at, at dealing with traps and dealing with double teams and passing out of them. You're just seeing a lot more confidence with the basketball from him this year. Not that he was ever bad about it, but I feel like you never noticed him as a passer, um, as sort of a back to the basket, you know, sort of sitting there with a trap around him, holding the ball away from people, and then just finding somebody to fire it to. Um, I don't remember, I feel like I never remember him seeing that. It's not that I thought it was something he was bad at before, uh, but man, you really notice him now. You know, you, you really notice him getting the ball in and, and whipping the ball out to Stewart and, dra- dra- you know, drawing in a double team and hitting somebody on, on open on the wing for three. That is something you notice a lot. I think you, you notice him finding cutters. This cutter standing a little bit away from the rim or a little bit outside the paint and finding somebody uh, cutting when maybe he's sort of posted up a little bit outside and sort of whipping it in. I mean, he's just really sharp with the way that he's passing the basketball. And I think those two skill sets really help him out a lot. Does it make him a top 10 pick? I don't think so, but I think it makes him a very, very draftable guy. And I think it makes him safe that if he decides to come out after this year, that, that uh, he is going to get drafted in, in a secure position. All right, Dustin, a couple recruiting things, and then we'll call it a wrap. Uh, very interesting to see Kwame uh, Evans or KJ Evans uh, from Montbird Academy, the the coaches there to watch Hood Shafino and him. He's, it sounds like working on or has set up a, a an official visit to Bloomington uh, maybe in February. There was some confusion on the dates, but he's number two consensus in the 2023 class. Um, I mean, that Montverde team is loaded, and he's a big part of that. IU, under Mike Woodson, going after the best they can find out there. There's been no shying away from prospects that Duke and others, Kentucky, others are targeting uh, but IU trying to make a make a little traction here with the, one of the nation's best in the 2023 class. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's kind of a strike while the iron's hot sort of situation when you've already got a guy in that program that has signed on to you. Um, you know, you, you you got somebody in there to be in his ear to say, "Hey, man, I, I think we could really be good together." You know, out there, um, you know, I think this this is why this is a good fit. This is a good guy. He's a good coach. With you know, this is going to be a good place to be. Um, so when, when you've already got an in, uh, you know, exploit it. You know, go after it. I mean, I think it's it just it is important. I think to have an in in some of those Florida programs, uh, and, and again, some of those national programs. Just make sure you're there. You know, I, I think you can get carried away with it, and it is something that Mike Woodson's going to have to watch. And I think there's some guys around him hopefully that uh can you know kind of keep him grounded there i mean you've got to make sure you're getting guys in state you got to make sure that you're getting guys in sort of traditional areas and not getting too far away from it and not getting too down the you know let's only recruit img and uh um you know Montverde sort of thing but um it's important to be there i mean because they, they just a lot more players are going through there a lot a lot of talent is going through there uh, if if you can stay in on all of those guys and get, take every you know take a crack at everybody, uh, you got a chance of getting some star players. So I think that's really important. It's you know it's at the very least good that word of mouth is traveling positively. Um, you know again he's got Hood Shafino down there that that is obviously speaking well enough about him that other guys uh, that have their pick uh, as, as to where they want to go uh, hear what Hood Shafino has to say about Mike Woodson and about Indiana and say you know what that's a guy I need to check out at the very least. Absolutely. And uh, Jalen Harrelson last night from Fishers, a freshman in the state of Indiana with a school record 40-some-odd points for 
Fishers last yeah. night. Uh, he has uh, had a lot of high marks so far as a freshman, both he and Sisley from down at Heritage Hills, and he's already uh, living up to those marks as a freshman in our state. Uh, so you talk about a guy Indiana's been involved with, already offered a scholarship to. He is going to be fun to watch, and I think that could be the next really big-time recruitment uh, we see unfold in our state here in the coming years. Jeez, I'm going to have to go check that that guy. Out. I, I I had not seen that yet, but that's that is fascinating, and that's and that, and you know like it's a high high level class from in terms of class in terms of size of school. That that's you know Fishers is humongous, so that's that's a big deal right there. I'm going to have to check that guy out, and I think it, it, obviously Indiana getting in on him early is really important. But it has a chance. Yeah, you're right to to be one of those next guys that we look at that everybody is talking to and everybody's trying to recruit, and that. Uh, becomes a really important one for Indiana to try to go get, so that's going to be really interesting going forward. For sure. Dustin Dopirak, he's with the Bloomington Herald Times and kind enough to join us Wednesdays for IU basketball and more. Uh, Dustin, have a great Christmas. Thanks for the extended chat today, and uh, we'll talk with you next week. And, in fact, when we talk again, it will be IU's uh, final game day of 2021. We are moving through this season and headed to Big Ten Conference play. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy holidays. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dustin Dopirak, with us always on Wednesdays here on the program. And we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, a real quick segment to get you set up for tonight and the rest of the week. There's some high school basketball going on. In fact, Silver Creek playing right now. We'll take a look and see how the Dragons are doing uh, in their game at the Jefferson County Invitational Tournament up in Madison and a lot more. Stay with us for a final quick segment here on this Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. A quick segment to wrap up the program. High school basketball right now. I'm told that Silver Creek is ahead of Southwestern, who's 5-1 and one this season, 31-29. That's a halftime score from the first round of the Jefferson County Invitational Tournament up at Madison. Some really good teams and good games there over the next couple of days. Silver Creek Southwestern today followed by Scottsburg, Jay County uh, from northern Indiana. Then Madison will take on Warren Central from down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And then Indianapolis Tech coming off a big win over Cathedral. They will take on Switzerland County, a smaller school, but who's off to a nice 4-2 and two start this season. So uh, some interesting games there today. Also, uh, New Albany. Uh, they host Tell City tonight, and of course, Tell City, where Matt Lynch used to coach, former New Albany player, who's now the coach at Charlestown. I think that's kind of the reason the game was scheduled. Uh, but uh, tonight, also, I want to mention that Boomer, the half, uh, the um, uh, Indiana Indiana Pacers ma- mascot, is going to be performing at halftime. I understand he's got a pretty cool halftime routine that he does that 
kids especially will love. So if you're looking for some entertainment, not just hoops tonight, you might check out that new Albany Tell City game coming up here. Uh, 7.30 p.m. start in that varsity game. Jeff over at PRP tonight. They take on Louisville Wagner. Will Lovings Watts is back for the Red Devils. We'll see if they can get a win. Jeff is 1-5. New Albany is 2-4. When is the last time two of the big schools in the area started off with those kind of records? Have a great Wednesday. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.